Welcome to the Unconventional RD Podcast, where we inspire dietitians to think outside of the traditional employment box and create their own unconventional income streams. We'll talk all things online business to help you start, grow, and scale your own digital empire. Oh my gosh, I am so excited for this episode today. Last Wednesday, May 10th, Google had its big annual conference called Google I.O., where it announces all the exciting things it's working on and plans to release throughout the year. This year, the focus of like 90% of what they presented was AI. No surprise there, really, given all the developments in AI over the last six months. In the next two episodes of this podcast, I'm going to summarize all the exciting new updates coming from Google in 2023, including three big changes to the way Google search will work, and a bunch of new AI features coming soon to the Google ecosystem within their services like Gmail, Google Docs, and more. And of course, the bigger picture here that a lot of people are thinking about is like, hmm, how will all of these changes, especially the changes to the way search works and looks, impact us as online business owners? So we will chat about that as well in this episode. So let's start. Today, I'm going to talk about the topic most relevant to my listeners, which is changes to Google search. There are three big changes I want to highlight and discuss here today. So number one, generative AI box at the top of the search results. So this first change is definitely the biggest. Google is working on a new type of search that they are calling search generative experience or SGE. And within the search generative experience, there will be a generative AI answer to your search query that loads at the top of the page above the regular organic search results. So above where the normal links to content are. And the problem Google is trying to solve with this new feature is that oftentimes when you have complex questions, it can be hard to find a direct answer in Google. Like if you have a really complicated answer, maybe you have to Google a variety of different keywords, you have to click through a bunch of search results and try to synthesize the information you're looking for into something useful for your actual question. So the example that they gave in this conference was, imagine you are planning a trip for your family. You have two kids under three and a dog. You want to know whether you should visit Bryce Canyon or the Arches, like which one is going to be a better vacation spot for you, given that you have two kids under three and a dog. With this new search generative experience, which by the way is not publicly rolled out yet, it's only available via waitlist right now, uh, you can type that exact question into Google and you will receive an AI generated response at the top of the search results, giving you a concise and specific answer to your question. Essentially, the AI will comb the internet, find the most up-to-date information that can help answer your question, and summarize it for you in a snippet of text at the top of the search results. And then on the right-hand side, or if you're on mobile underneath the answer that they gave, it will also include a few links to helpful resources on the web in case you want to learn more related to the question that you typed in. And then there's also a little expansion button in the top right-hand corner of the AI answer. And if you click on that, Google will also show you a list of a bunch of sources it used to generate your answer. So that's there in case you want to take a deeper dive into the topic yourself. 
So Google specifically said that they are trying to highlight expert sources and firsthand experiences on the topic. So content from those types of creators will likely be featured in the links area. So that like expansion area and possibly the resources area as well. So for this camping example, it showed links from the National Park Service and a mommy travel blogger, just two examples of the content that was there. The mommy travel blogger was sharing her firsthand experiences camping in these locations. So they have the expert opinion from the National Park Service and then the experience from an actual person who traveled and camped in these locations. So if you scroll down past the generative AI answer box, you will also still see the regular search results. And as of right now, this type of generative AI response in the search results will not appear for all search queries, just the ones where Google thinks an AI response will be more helpful than what is currently shown in the search results. And they're also being really cautious about using this for YMYL topics and will not show generative AI responses for health or financial topics at this time, probably because the potential for harm is too high. And they're also not going to show an AI snapshot for any explicit or dangerous topics. They also say they will not give an AI-generated response when they don't feel they have enough data to give a confident answer. And this generative AI feature is also going to exist for product searches. So you will still see sponsored shopping product ads at the top of the search results when you Google something shopping related. But underneath that, you will then see the generative AI snapshot. So ads are still going to be first and foremost for anything shopping related. So paid ads that people paid for that placement, then the generative AI snapshot. So if you search for, say, this was an example they used, Bluetooth speaker for a pool party, it will show first the little carousel of sponsored products, And then the generative AI box will be underneath that, and it will give you a summary of the most important factors that you should consider when choosing uh, a Bluetooth speaker for a pool party, and then give you a list with links of various products that meet your needs. And that list is visual. There's images of the products, it highlights key features of each one, ratings, pricing, and of course, links to buy. And the cool part about the generative AI box in any capacity, so not just with shopping, but anytime it shows up, is that if you have a follow-up question, you don't have to go all the way back up to the search bar and start your search over again from scratch. You can just ask the generative AI box a follow-up question right there on the page, and it already knows what you're talking about. So you could simply type in, which one of these has the best battery life? Or which ones come in blue? And it would be able to tell you right there on the same screen. Google also played in their conference what seemed like almost a TV commercial. So I don't know if they're going to put out a commercial highlighting these new features, but it seemed like a TV commercial that focused on highlighting the new AI capabilities within Google search. And in that video, if you like paused it when they were playing it and just looked at the screenshots of what they were sharing, it showed even more interesting examples of how this AI snapshot response can help you directly within search. For example, you could ask Google to compare two restaurants that you were thinking about going to, and it will bring up a side-by-side, like table-like comparison right there for you to look at. And then you can say, oh, you know, actually we had a third restaurant in mind, add it to the comparison. And it just inserts another column right there on the screen comparing that other restaurant to the first two that you were looking at. 
So I think this is a super, super interesting development, and it will have a huge impact on publishers and online businesses. Again, it is important to note that this feature will not apply to all types of search queries when it does roll out. So if you create health-related content or anything in a YMYL niche, you might still be slightly insulated from this since it seems like Google is hesitant to use generative AI responses for any queries that could significantly impact someone's life. And Google also points out that the aim of the generative AI responses within search is not so much to be conversational like BARD or ChatGPT is, but to be more factual, pointing people to relevant resources. And Google's goals are kind of threefold. Number one, they want to reduce the number of steps that people need to take to find the information they want on Google and make it more easy and intuitive to use. Number two, they want to make sure that the information the AI snapshot provides is high quality and accurate. And number three, they still want to draw attention to content on the web. They just want to make it easier for people to do a deep dive, perhaps, on the topic that they're interested in. So they state in their announcement that they still want to send traffic to websites and they still want to display ads in the search results. And right now, the search generative experience is just in a testing phase. So if you want to put yourself on the wait list to try it out as soon as it's available, you can do that at g.co slash labs, and then click the button to sign up for the Google search wait list. In the coming weeks, you will also start seeing another new feature rolling out within Google search. And this is the perspectives tab that is going to be added to Google in the coming weeks. So when you search for topics where Google thinks you might benefit from hearing the experiences of others, you will see a new perspectives option in the search results. And this is going to appear both as a tab at the top of the search results in that same location where you see like the image, video, maps tabs currently, and also as a carousel feature in the main search results as well. And if you click the read more button within that carousel, or you click on the perspectives tab up top, it will bring you to a new window of the search results where it will only show you long form video, short form video, images, and posts from discussion boards, Q&A sites, and social media platforms. And they call it the perspectives filter. So see what's so crazy about this filter? There are no blog posts within this section of the search results. And this is likely part of Google's intention to make Google search more, quote, visual, snackable, personable, and human. That's something that they said they're working on. And it's a super, super interesting development. So let's flesh out an example to see how it might work. So in Google's announcement, they use the example search query, how to make friends in a new city. And the content shown in the perspectives tab for that search result included Reddit threads, long-form YouTube content, TikTok videos, Quora posts, YouTube shorts, tweets, and forum responses from niche-specific forum websites. And in this particular search query example, they showed 14 different results on that perspectives page as sort of page one, like before you click the button to see more. And I went through and looked at the proportion of each type of search result as well, so you can see what is the most popular form of content on the perspectives page. Any guesses on what it might be? 
If you guessed TikTok videos, you are right. So the number one type of content shown in the perspectives tab was TikTok videos. Out of the 14 results, four were TikTok videos. There were also three Reddit posts. So that's very interesting. That's giving a lot of credence to personal opinions shared on Reddit. If you're not familiar with Reddit, it's like an anonymous social platform where you can um, just have uh, text forum-like conversations in an anonymous way on almost any topic you can imagine. There were also three long-form YouTube videos. There was one Quora post. If you're not familiar with Quora, that's like a Q&A type of website where someone can ask a question and then you as an expert can create a profile on Quora and respond and kind of you know show your authority and your expertise and stuff on Quora. And then there was one YouTube short video. So YouTube shorts is kind of uh, YouTube's answer to TikTok. <laughs> so it's it's basically the same thing. Like you can put short form video like you would on TikTok, but upload it to YouTube instead. So I would imagine there will be probably more YouTube shorts shown as more people create that kind of content. My guess is that if you're just talking about short form video, like TikTok is just the most popular, which is probably why it's the most commonly shown right now in the perspectives tab. And then there was one tweet. So that was interesting. So if you want to boost your chances of showing up in search, it makes sense to create these additional formats of content in particular. And keep in mind that this won't apply to all types of search queries, but it will when the searcher would likely value hearing personal experiences and perspectives. So for example, on one of my blogs, I have some content that sort of answers questions about different foods, like is XYZ food low FODMAP, for example. And that type of search query is pretty cut and dry. It's a fact-based response, right? Like there's just an answer. It's not really an opinion. And it's unlikely that the perspectives tab would ever show up in the search results for that type of search query and that type of content because it doesn't really lend itself well to opinion or perspectives. So if I try to repurpose a blog post about is XYZ food low FODMAP and try to like post that on YouTube or social media, like it's probably not going to do that well because people don't really go on social media to look for facts. They go to see opinions and personal experiences and stories and to form connections usually. So in contrast, I have some other content on one of my sites where I am comparing certain products or doing a review and trying to help people make a purchase decision, essentially. And when people are considering whether or not to purchase something, they do typically value reading or watching real-life opinions and experiences from real humans. So I think what Google is trying to do here is help surface content that is clearly related by humans, since at this point in time, it's much harder to use AI to create video content or social media content or forum posts. I think the idea may be that with the huge influx of AI-generated content, having a human element is now especially valuable and massively increases trust in many cases. So I think maybe Google wants to get ahead of the game. They don't want to fall behind and only be a search engine that gives people text results, especially when recent data has shown that more and more younger users are increasingly using other platforms like TikTok to search for recommendations and, and content in short form formats because they find it easy to find and easy to consume. And there's a lot of trust because you get to see a real life human giving their opinion. Obviously, there is a place for both longer form and shorter form content, but it is super interesting to watch Google acknowledge this trend in real time and start embracing short form content in a way that it never has before. 
So my best advice is if you do a Google search right now for some of your target keywords that you create content around, and you see a discussions and forums carousel show up in the search results, or as you're typing in the search query, you know how it has like Google autocomplete and it kind of adds words to the search query that it thinks you might want to type next. If you're typing your, your keyword and it suggests adding Reddit to the end, that's another sign. Or if short form or long form video already appears in the search results, that's a sign that those search queries may be the ones that will soon also have this perspectives tab. So you might want to start considering creating more perspectives optimized content on those types of topics that you create content around. So beyond just a blog post, it may be a good idea to create another form of content on that same topic to help you perform well in all types of search. Number three, there are some upcoming changes to the helpful content ranking system. So Google is also acknowledging that sometimes the best answer to a search query can be located in a hard to find place, like a comment in a forum thread or a blog post on a really small little known blog or inside an article with unique expertise on a particular topic. And they announced that they are going to be adjusting their ranking system to soon show more of these quote-unquote hidden gems in the search results. Uh, And they will do this if they think that including these types of search results will improve the results. And they specify that they are going to be putting a greater focus on content with quote, unique expertise and experience. They say that in the coming months, they will be rolling out an update that more deeply understands content created from a personal or expert point of view so that that type of content can rank better on Google. So what does this mean for publishers and online businesses? There is a lot to unpack here. So let's go over my initial thoughts. Number one, we need to figure out how Google chooses its recommended sources in the generative AI snippets so that we can optimize for the links included inside those. So the world is not completely falling apart for SEO. So although generative AI answers will almost certainly reduce the number of clicks to people's websites for search queries in which they appear, there also may be new opportunities to have your links appear in more unique and specific search queries than ever before. For example, it's unlikely that you have a blog post that gives a specific comparison of whether Bryce Canyon or Arches is a better vacation spot for a family with young children and a dog. But if you do have content that can help AI answer this question or a part of this question, it may your blog post may still have a shot at being included in the recommended resources or the expansion tab that links to the sources that AI looked at for generating this answer. Google seems to be placing a lot of emphasis on the importance of EEAT for getting the link spots in these Gen AI answer boxes, and especially the two E's, expertise and experience. So lean into those concepts as much as possible on your website. And again, this is something I'm really placing a lot of emphasis on inside the latest version of my SEO Made Simple course, which is coming out soon. So if you want to be notified about when the course is available for enrollment, add your name to the waitlist at seowaitlist.com. This is obviously going to be an emerging area of interest that we won't be able to learn more about in practical terms until this search gen experience is actually publicly available. So I highly recommend keeping up on the news and these topics so that you are continuing to optimize for search as it changes. Number two, Google wants to help people find content that will genuinely help them. 
which can go beyond just the written word. So if you've been paying attention, you know that Google has already been including long and short form videos and forum responses within the search results for some time now. But this expansion into specifically highlighting these forms of content inside the Perspectives tab is an interesting development. I think the writing is on the wall, and it's pretty clear what we need to do to stay competitive and visible online. It's time to expand our wheelhouses and create our content in the formats that will genuinely help people the best. And which format is best depends a lot on the search intent, so always coming back to the lovely concept of search intent within SEO. For example, someone looking for a recipe might want a recipe blog post, they might want a longer YouTube video showing them everything visually step-by-step, or maybe they just want a short-form video that just highlights the main concepts of making the recipe. Google understands this, so it shows all three types of content in the recipe search results for most of the high-volume recipe queries. Similarly, if someone is looking for a comparison between two products they are considering buying, They might want a detailed blog post comparison, or they might want long-form video comparison. So both are generally included in the search results. Clearly, there's a time and a place for a deep dive article and a time and a place for a 30-second short-form video. So how can you create both if needed? Smart digital marketers will pay attention to these changes and pivot their content creation strategy to optimize for the type of content getting ranked within their niche. Number three, Online publishers who rely on advertising revenue and or affiliate income may be in trouble. Just like magazines declined as online publications boomed, now online publications may be in trouble as AI-generated content booms. People no longer need to hunt for the information they need. They simply ask AI. AI does the searching and consolidating for them, and they may not want or need to look at the reference material very often if they trust that the AI system is using trustworthy and accurate sources. I mean, how many times have you actually clicked a link to read a research paper that someone referenced within a blog post? Not very often, probably, right? Because generally, you trust that the journalist read the primary source and summarized the key points accurately. AI is essentially becoming the new journalist, and online publishers are becoming the new sources. So if publishers are no longer getting significant traffic from Google searches and are unable to monetize as well from ads or affiliate links, what will happen? This is purely speculation at this point, obviously, but let's discuss some of the possibilities. If organic traffic to websites is dramatically decreased, Those businesses that relied on that traffic to monetize will need to get scrappy and come up with new monetization strategies and audience building strategies or risk getting put out of business. But this is a delicate tightrope for Google to walk. They don't want to make online publishing a non-viable business because their AI relies on publicly available content on the internet to have up-to-date information to answer questions. And if no new content is being published, then AI will have nothing to work with and the whole thing implodes on itself. So while I do think that many publishers will see traffic drops, I do not think that SEO will die out completely. It's just going to change. And at this point in time, it's still murky on exactly what that's going to look like. For example, Google seems to be embracing the idea of serving up informational content via generative AI, 
But they're acknowledging that people still like to get opinions and hear real-life experiences about stuff from other people, hence the highlighting of the Perspectives tab and giving people content that is clearly directly created by other humans, like social media posts, videos, form responses, etc. So I think Google is trying to find this balance of providing quick and easy information while still connecting their users with other humans and content creators. So definitely still murky here, no clear answers. But let's talk about how you might brace yourself for the impact of AI. What should you do as a blogger and online business owner to prepare yourself for these upcoming changes? Well, I've got four suggestions for you. Number one, build a trustworthy go-to brand around a specific topic. Building an actual brand will allow you to pivot. If you have a loyal audience, some percentage of them will continue to want help or information specifically from you. If you previously relied on ad revenue to fund your business, but you have built up a strong and loyal audience, you will likely be able to find other ways to replace that lost income from ad revenue. For example, you may be able to create a paid newsletter or a membership site or launch your own products or courses that solve your audience's biggest problems. The main idea will be pivoting to focus on solving problems rather than focusing purely on informational content monetized through passive means. See how this all comes back to this main concept that Google keeps reiterating, that your website actually needs to be serving someone. If you're not truly helping people in a clear and valuable way, beyond just providing information that Google can rehash for you, you may not have a viable business in the near future. Number two, expand beyond just blog posts. With the new Perspectives tab, lean into being a trusted voice in your niche. Answer questions and create content on YouTube and YouTube Shorts. Create short-form video if the query seems like something where people would value firsthand opinion and experience. Consider answering questions on forums to boost your expertise and chance of getting your response featured. And repurpose your content onto social media as well, since things like tweets can rank in the Perspectives tab as well. Number three, hold on to the audience that you have. The upcoming changes to search are yet another reminder that we don't own the platforms that we use for organic growth, like search, social media, YouTube, Pinterest, etc., and the algorithm updates or user interface updates can happen at any time, and they may have significant impacts on our businesses. So how are you protecting yourself from that? As you've probably heard me say many times before, building an email list is the best way to maintain a direct connection with your biggest fans. It's one of the few ways that you can directly reach your people independent of external algorithms. Do not take that for granted. If you don't have an email list, start one today. If you have an email list but have been totally ignoring it, start coming up with a strategy to engage with your audience via email. It's a high priority task to help future-proof your business. Number four, harness the power of AI to create your own useful content or tools for your audience. Have you ever thought about how you can use AI to help your business instead of fretting so much over how it may hurt you? How might you use generative AI to build your own unique paid tools to help your audience? As a real-life example of this, a business coach that I follow, Rick Mulready, is working on a very interesting AI chatbot experience based on his own content. 
Rick has been business coaching for like 10 years now and has this huge backlog of coaching calls, podcast episodes, blog and social media content where he explains so much of his advice. So Rick is currently building a custom AI chatbot that is trained solely on his own content and materials. And when the chatbot is available, you will be able to chat with this essentially virtual version of Rick. And he's calling the tool Pick Rick's Brain, and he will be charging a small monthly fee in exchange for the ability to chat with this custom chatbot, where quote-unquote Rick can virtually coach you through your problems and questions. This AI chatbot has been trained specifically on Rick's content and fine-tuned to capture his coaching style and voice. It can ask follow-up questions to figure out exactly the type of help someone needs and then provide personalized recommendations based on the thousands of hours of content that it was trained on directly from Rick. Now, I have no idea how popular this type of service will actually be, like how much of what people are willing to pay for with coaching is the actual conversation with a human, and how much will they trust and value the information that a chatbot like this might provide. Time will tell, but I think it's a super, super interesting idea, and it might spark an idea for you right now if you're listening as well. You can also create customer service chatbots for your business, trained on a bank of frequently asked questions that your customers always ask. This could be a way to reduce customer service costs and still help your customers in an on-demand fashion. Another use case I could imagine would be maybe to create some sort of AI chatbot that can discover people's interests and then use that information to send them down personalized email or content funnels. Perhaps you could integrate AI into your paid course or membership, and it could help create personalized roadmaps for people to follow that show them exactly how to go through your content to achieve the outcome they want. Now, this is obviously extremely exploratory still, so who knows what types of products or services will take off, but now is the time to experiment. There is so much to potentially gain, and not that much to lose, aside from your time and creativity. I think the main takeaway, though, is that AI opens the door to an incredible amount of personalization in your business. So how can you capitalize on that to deepen your connection with your audience and improve the way you serve them so that they are happy customers that are more likely to stick with you? Generative AI is the future. Like, there's no putting this back in the bottle at this point. So I'd rather ride along with the wave rather than try to ignore it. Putting your head in the sand is a surefire way to get left behind. Adapting is where it's at. Change is inevitable. We just happen to be on the precipice of big change in our worlds and our industry. So what are you going to do to adapt your business and potentially thrive more than ever? So final thoughts. Wow, there are a lot of changes coming in the world of SEO, but I also feel like we are on the precipice of this really big change. I feel like this is very similar to the moment when the internet first became available and allowed us to put basically all of the world's information at our fingertips online. Now we have AI becoming available to the world to help us organize and engage with that information in an entirely new way. I don't know about you, but I was pretty young when the internet first came about, and At that time, I I really just took it for granted. I didn't understand how big of a deal something like the internet was or how much opportunity existed at that moment. Like, I was in college when YouTube started. I was in college when social media started. Like, blogging was just a little baby thing in, like, 2005. 
So many people started online companies in the early 2000s that are absolutely gigantic now and play such a huge role in how our world works today. So I'd encourage you to put your thinking caps on and think about how generative AI might change our world as well and brainstorm ways you can create new technology or services or features in or even outside of your current business and get in early on this new tech boom. If you want to stay in the know with everything related to the latest Google SEO and AI updates and follow along as we all navigate this new online landscape together, definitely hit the subscribe button so that you are able to get all of the latest episodes from this podcast. If you want to learn more about how you can learn directly from me about all these upcoming changes and what you should do so you don't get left behind, add your name to my waitlist at seowaitlist.com. That will add you to my main email list so that you'll be sure to get any updates from me about new resources, trainings, courses, consulting, or more that I may come out with in the future. And if you'd like to continue this exciting conversation, the best place to do that is inside my free Facebook group, The Unconventional RD Community on Facebook. Just search for The Unconventional RD Community and request to join. And as always, I hope you have a great day.